Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. It's Friday, May 1st, uh, 2020 here in Omaha, Nebraska. We've got a beautiful day, sunshine, about 80 degrees. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend as I understand it. Uh, first, let me thank my sponsor, Safety Reports. Quality safety solutions and excellent support and an affordable price, as Steve tells me, and uh, I'd have to agree. Um, something interesting about Safety Reports, they just announced uh, a new a uh, new element of the app. They have this uh, virtual auditing application now. Um, I really like the idea of this. In fact, Steve and I discussed this at one point. It's probably my idea, and he stole it, frankly. But I like the idea of having someone remotely um, providing imagery so that, I, that, a, that a consultant or a safety person can make some recommendations. So one of the biggest challenges that I find is the ability to go out to locations. I mean, it, sometimes it's cost prohibitive to have your safety person travel to a job site or, and maybe there's only one thing you want them to look at. Well, with this new virtual app, you can show uh, video footage or still photography of a, of an issue, hopefully video and um, have your consultant or your safety person evaluate it from a remote location. I love that idea. So it's not quite like being there. Um, hopefully in the future we can be there, but I think in the meantime, it gives us an opportunity to evaluate um, hazards, take a look at them uh, remotely, and uh, maybe get something done about that. So, uh, good deal, man. I like safety reports. They keep they keep uh, updating and changing uh, the options, and I like that about them. Um, my guest today, uh, it's exciting to have you here, man. I appreciate it. Dan Marburg. And, and now... Uh, We've known each other probably a year or so, two years, years, somewhere in that range now. We kind of, our worlds kind of uh, intersect. You're in the risk management side of things with the insurance world. I'm on the safety side of things. And so we've had the opportunity to work on a few projects together. Correct. And hopefully more more to come in the future. Yep. Uh, You're currently with uh, North Risk Partners. That is Is correct. Is that right? Here in Omaha? Headquartered here in Omaha? Or where Uh, are you guys? Actually headquartered in Minnesota. Okay. Uh, We've got about 330 people. Nice. Nice. a lot of it is benefits. They, they had a benefit shop here in Omaha, and I joined them in December to open up the property and casualty. Oh, nice. The commercial property and casualty side here in Nebraska. Oh, very good. Excellent. Okay, so that will probably give us an opportunity to work together at some point. Counting on I it. I look forward to it. So, man, um, interestingly, um, you know, this is, this is an interesting subject. We are going to talk about COVID. I mean, that's all we've talked about for, for weeks and weeks, but we're talking about COVID uh, because you actually – had the virus and you yeah, actually I, had symptoms from the virus. Yeah, I actually, in late March, I was one of the earlier people around here to get it. Um, no idea where. Yeah. No idea where. And and nobody was even paying attention at that point, frankly. I mean, were they? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was in talking with a client uh, who's in the kind of live music and entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, if I can remember the timeline right, it was uh, March 5th or 6th, wherever that Thursday or Friday was. And we were having a theoretical conversation about uh, what happens if shows start canceling and things like that mm-hmm. and how would insurance policies respond. Sure. And it was a much more hypothetical situation. And I said, well, here's what I think, but let me go back and do some research. And the middle of the next week, maybe Wednesday evening or Thursday morning, I sent him an email saying, here's what I'm finding so far. And interestingly, it was Friday the 13th, he emailed me early in the day and said, wow, what a difference a day makes. He said, our next you know, dozen or so shows have canceled and the College World Series canceled. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. uh, so that was, I believe that was the week that uh, the NBA called the season and I have a couple, couple of college students and they were supposed to go on spring break, mm-hmm, two mm-hmm. one to Chicago and one to Texas. And Friday morning, the day they were supposed to both leave on their separate trips, uh, we all kind of decided maybe that wasn't a great idea. Right. And to me, that week of the uh, that 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 week that ended on Friday the thirteenth was uh, really kind of when uh, when it went from the theoretical to the actual. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So. So yeah, man. So we have a mutual friend, and uh, he communicated to me that you had actually. This was just when you had been released from the hospital. That right, was the. Right. I think you had let him know that, and yeah. he forwarded that information to me. Uh, I was unaware that you you'd yeah. had the infect, man. And um, so 
I, I, I want to hear the whole story. Okay. One thing I think is really interesting and, and the parallels that I draw with what we do otherwise with risk management and safety, I think there is always, um, there is a level of skepticism where people are, you know, it's not going to happen to me. Right, right. The whole safety world is based on trying to convince people that the risk that we see uh, is uh, is worth their concern. Yeah. You know, most of them just, you know, right. and I think that's true oftentimes with the COVID as well. It's it's hard to prove what doesn't happen. Yeah, man. And I mean, here, here in Nebraska, I mean, the, the relative number of cases are fairly low. I think at last count here in Nebraska, we had about 4,000 confirmed cases. What's about- interesting is I think they said, and I, and I haven't kept up on it, but they said the first thousand cases, it took 42 days. The next thousand took eight days and the next thousand took four days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Inter- uh, yeah. With, with what's going on in the meatpacking plants and places that are closely combined. Right. And it's interesting is they're calling on these different plants and I don't know if you knew, but I spent about seven years uh, calling on meatpacking plants. I so I've been that. to every one of these plants oh, that no they've talked to. Yeah. And yeah, it's close quarters. And Absolutely, man. Well, I have uh, a lot of meatpacking clients, and yeah. we have been on the phone constantly. Yep. Uh, some of them have already had OSHA inquiries, you know, where OSHA has run an inquiry. They, they have a positive case confirmed, and then OSHA contacts them and wants to know what they're doing about it. And so it's yeah. a very interesting world. But, but so, I mean, the, the story basically, like a long story, less boring, uh, around St. Patrick's Day. So the next week I started getting uh, what I thought was kind of a seasonal sinus infection, mm-hmm. which I get every year or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Friday, it wasn't getting any better. I called my company's telemed and they phoned in a Z-Pack, which I picked up Saturday, mm-hmm. took Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, and by Monday, you know, that, that should, if it was a normal sinus infection. It would normally start knocking it out. Yeah. That should have knocked it down by Monday. Right. But by Monday, I was feeling worse, not better. Tuesday morning, I woke up, um, <clears throat> had, a, uh, um, had a fever, and was actually coughing up blood. Oh, my God. And no that's, yeah, and it was, you know, kind of bloody mucus. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not a small amount of it. It wasn't. Okay. You know, it wasn't nasal, uh, nasal sure. drippage or anything like that. Right, right. And I thought, okay, this is not right. <laughs> right. This is not an indication that things are tracking in the right direction. But that direction. was when you were first actually alarmed by this. <laughs> yeah, like I said, other than that, I thought it was a sinus infection. Right. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the week before. So I called my doctor's office. They went in, and they were fully COVID aware. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even to the point where. When he put the stethoscope on my sweatshirt, he wrapped his stethoscope in a rubber glove. Okay. okay. So yeah. they were, you know, they're being wearfully careful. Yeah. yeah. And they uh, went and did a chest x-ray, uh, told me, I actually left, started to go home. They called me while I was still driving home and said, you've got a uh, left upper lobe uh, pneumonia. Mm-hmm. And I, I think his words were, we're going to put you on some old school heavy duty antibiotics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So called him into the pharmacy. I actually stopped uh, on the way home, picked up the antibiotics, went home and started taking those. Wasn't really kicking it yet. Thursday evening, uh, I had a fever of 103.9, mm-hmm. which again, I don't think that, I don't think middle-aged guys are supposed to have that. <laughs> right, right. And that's, <laughs> right. that's when my wife's, suggestions went more to a statement and mm, right. said we were calling the doctor in the morning called the doctor they said get him to the emergency room they're waiting for him and i went in there and as uh as you and i were talking earlier when they put the pulse ox on me and first started checking it i don't remember what the reading was because i didn't i didn't know as much about pulse ox sure, as you do then, now yeah. as i do now <laughs> absolutely uh and yeah. that when the nurse told the emergency room doc he couldn't see, he was standing where he couldn't see the readout at the time. And I happened to see he got a, uh, like almost jumped out of his chair. Really? And, uh, you know, was like <laughs> checking to see where the things were hooked up right. Mm-hmm. And that's when they they gave me the test and said, yeah, get comfy. You're not going anywhere. Really? And I spent the next nine days so in a room. Wow. So you were at, you went to Methodist Hospital here in Omaha, Nebraska. Yep. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, the the staff at Methodist, and I think we're fortunate across the board in this part of the country, the staff at Methodist is unbelievable from the hospitalists to the pulmonologists to the Mm -hmm. nurses. 
uh, even down to, and I told him this a couple times, the people that uh, are in the kitchen making food, mm-hmm. when you feel that terrible and you need to eat something, you know, I would order an omelet in the morning and they would bring it up and I'd open it up and it actually looked like something I wanted to eat. Okay. Nice. That makes a huge yeah, difference. Absolutely. Uh, so all the way down to the staff in the kitchen there. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, there's a nurse, uh, well, there, there are a couple of things to get to. There was a nurse, a uh, guy named Chris. He had been a post-op nurse, mm-hmm. I think at the hospital there for 25 mm-hmm. years or something. Well, surgeries were going way down. Right. So this guy volunteered to cross train and go up. And, and and help on that floor. Wow. And I was talking to him because I think I was the first guy he was cut loose with mm-hmm. when this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I, I could see him getting more comfortable as the day you know, throughout the mm-hmm. course of the day. But that's the kind of staff they have there. Yeah. This guy, he, you know, well, there's a need here. He wanted to help. He, he cross-trained yeah. and jumped in to help. So that's impressive. Kudos to them. Um, yeah. So the other part of the story is they, they got me up to as I learned more about well, so let me yeah so let me get so from the time that you started feeling poorly to the time you were in the ER how long was that was that that oh, sounded like about let, seven days yeah yeah a short week if you okay will. Uh-huh. like I say I started noticing I think Wednesday around uh, St Patrick's Day mm-hmm. actually that um, I, I had what and. What still very well may have been a sinus infection. Yeah, sure. Uh, but that's sure. when I that's when it started. By Friday, I called and got some help with that. Uh, by mm-hmm. Tuesday, things had taken a mm-hmm. a a, uh, uh, a, con- a concerning <laughs> right. turn for the worse. Right, exactly. I don't, like I say, I don't think there's ever a time when coughing, coughing up, blood up blood is good or is an indication that benign. things are going well. Right. Right. <clears throat> and uh, like I say, by Thursday, uh, I had gotten significantly worse yeah. and by Friday and I never felt shortness of breath like they say mm-hmm. like I would but mm-hmm. I it took me 10 minutes to get dressed I'd put mm-hmm. on a sock and then I'd sit there for a minute right. I'd put on my other sock and sit there for a minute so he- heavy fatigue or whatever just that. tired yeah I mean yeah. and like I say so I, I never felt like I was gasping for breath mm-hmm. I was just I was just out of gas. But obviously, and, as you said, you weren't oxygenating. I mean, you yeah. weren't, your pulse ox, ox was so low, yeah. you just weren't yeah, I just wasn't getting enough oxygenating oxygen. your blood. Yeah. So they had me in the hospital there. And apparently, by uh, Saturday or Sunday, they had me on 15 liters of oxygen. And they basically said, that's all the oxygen there is. <laughs> so they're I, just running it wide open. Yeah, here's right. And it felt like and they you took got a, a shot. Nasal, that cannula thing that well, goes in your nose or what, what are they, I or had the a mask or I had a mask. I think called it a double breather or something okay. like that. But I had a mask with a bag. Okay. But it largely felt like uh there was a shop hose stuck up my nose. Oh yeah. Okay. Man. And yeah, the level of uh dryness is mm-hmm. something I have uh, mm-hmm. not experienced before and not in a big hurry right, to experience. Right, I mean, it was, it was dry beyond. Um, so they yeah. had me, I was on 15 liters, and they basically said, we want your pulse ox above 90%. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they put the pulse ox where I could see it, and it was almost like a, uh, like I treated it like a video game almost, mm-hmm. where I would sit there and I would take as deep a breath as I could and breathe them out and try to pump that, Try to pump. Try to drive the number up. (laughs) So I get it up to ninety six or ninety seven, and they'd come in and they turn it down to fourteen liters, and it would Mm -hmm. drop down to about eighty nine or ninety. And I'd sit there playing the game, pumping it up, try try deep breaths and pumping it up and all this. And they had a uh, I can't remember what's called like a motivational respirator, a thing Mm -hmm. that I was supposed to breathe into to expand my lungs Mm -hmm. to practice and do that and. By probably Tuesday, they had me down to seven or eight liters. Okay. Okay, which was great. And that's when they came in and said, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned about how long can your body keep fighting this thing? Right. How, how long can it keep fighting this heart? Right. And my other, my other issues were going okay. You know, my heart was doing okay and all this. Mm-hmm. And, but they said, we're reading some surveys that say maybe we should intubate sooner rather than later. And... Um, I said, really don't want it because everything I had heard was mm-hmm. that again, that's not yeah, an man. indication that things are going real well. Right. And I was pretty pleased. I'd gone from 15 to seven or eight. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. And I remember saying to, so they had a bunch of pulmonologists 
uh, out in the uh, hallway because only really one person at a time would come into the room because mm-hmm. they all had to suit up. It was right. funny. A couple of my buddies that were texting me were going, so are there any hot nurses there? <laughs> how I'm like, you know? How the hell do I know? They, they all look like, uh, yeah, they're all in like spacesuits. Yeah, uh, exactly. It reminded me of the scene from um, uh, Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. When uh, uh, Michael J. Fox goes in and puts the Darth Vader tape in his ears mm-hmm. and he's in his spacesuit <laughs> right. and doing that, that's what they all looked like. Wow. Anyway. Um, but so they were all hot as far as you knew. Yeah, as far as I, I mean, <laughs> Never let the truth stand in the way of a good story. Absolutely. Right. So um, so they were out there, and they were talking in the hallway, and they get, one was in there with me, and I basically said, look, I, he said, you know, we're thinking about doing, putting you on the respirator, mm-hmm. just kind of uh, your preventative so you don't wear your body out. Right. And I was not keen on that. And I, I said, I actually said to him, I said, look, I just got married 90 days ago. I'm not done yet. Right. We got four kids in college. I owe too much money to too many people. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let me die anyway. Right. I said, right. so let me let me fight through this. And I, he wow. kind of said they liked my attitude. You know, I'm like, treat me like I'm going to live, not like I'm going to die. And they liked my attitude. And they, they uh, let me fight through it. And by, and he said to me, I got the finger wagging admonition that uh, if you go backwards at all, mm-hmm. uh, you're going on the respirator. They're going to do it. Yeah, huh? they, they're they're going to put you on the vent. Yeah, and... it's, again, it is now a statement, not a suggestion. Yeah. And uh, by Saturday, I was, uh, by doing the same thing, kind of fighting with the machine, by Saturday, I was on room air and they let me go home. Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. So, okay, so no no additional oxygen? No. At first, just breathing by Thursday, air, they, and, you, by and, thir- you were, and your oxygen levels had yeah. climbed back up. Yeah, by th- and I was on you know, 94, 95 on okay. there. And by Thursday or Friday, like, well, we may have to send you home with oxygen and all that kind of stuff. And uh, like I said, I just sat there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tr- I don't play video games, but mm-hmm. you know, I was treating it like a video game and trying to get mm-hmm. a high score. Absolutely. I would and, do the same thing. That's yeah, cool. yeah. So that I, I, I was... Uh, yeah, I was basically saying I'm not going to get beat by this thing, mm-hmm. and uh, you Good know you. I, I fought through it and uh, and went home. One of the things, coincidentally, there's a there's a buddy of mine, you know, uh, Doug. You and I were talking on the way in here about how there's people that we went from kindergarten all the way through mm-hmm. high school with. What are the advantages of growing up in Omaha and this kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. There's about a dozen of us that started at Montclair Elementary School at the same time. Oh yeah, and graduated from Miller North at the same time. Coincidentally, one of the guys was. Uh, he does concrete work and did flat work. Mm-hmm. And he was over at my house, coincidentally, about three weeks before I got sick mm-hmm. and gave me a bid for a new driveway. And it was funny. We talked about that for 15 minutes and then sat there, you know, BSing the rest mm-hmm. of the time to the point where we were laughing and getting so loud that my wife came outside was like, everything okay? <laughs> right. And, you know, it's just like the older I get, the better I used to be. <laughs> right, right, sure, right, Absolutely. So we were just sitting there yucking up. And coincidentally... About halfway through, about the time that I started getting better and feeling a little bit more like myself, so in that Tuesday, Wednesday, his daughter was one of my nurses. Mm-hmm. And I knew her a little bit, mm-hmm. but she's the one who connected the dots with the names. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, yeah, my dad still thinks this stuff is BS. Mm-hmm. Okay, And I, and I, know, I know both of her parents. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just saw him a few weeks ago. He said, tell him I am here. And once we talked about HIPAA and mm-hmm. making sure that I was okay with her right. sharing my personal information, that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. she did that. And he called me and, or, I mean, he was sending me messages and all this. I wasn't really taking phone calls, but, mm-hmm. uh, and so we were visiting and all that. Mm-hmm. And I think he got a little bit of religion that like, this is not, and this was my key takeaway from this, this is not a news story about something happening someplace else right. to someone else. It is here. Mm-hmm. It's happening to people you know. And you say, others in my family were sure were, you know, would have tested positive, mm-hmm. but they basically said, Mom, we can save the test. We already know you're we already know you're gonna so go home So they assume your family as all yeah. positive. And as yeah, you mentioned, and, and your, some grand, of them were, your mother was my mother, yeah. My mother did test positive, one of my sons did. But my wife and uh, you know the other kids, we just kind of assumed, right, right, and uh, everybody quarantined. And uh, you know, after a couple more pulmonology tests, I got a uh, a medical release to be uh, or a medical letter saying I was uh, released into the wild, as it were, <laughs> right. that I'd passed all the CDC Tagged requirements and all that. Yeah. Um, and so, like I say, here I am, and Man. you know, I, at first I mowed the front lawn. 
uh, mm-hmm. and walk the dog for 10 blocks, which was plenty instead of right. three or four miles. But, you know, last weekend I mowed the backyard, which is bigger uh, with a push mower. Right. So, <laughs> right. yeah. So, I mean, I'm so just kind of getting how, back how to How are you it. feeling? Are you feeling back to, getting close yeah. back to normal? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty well back to normal. Oh, that's um, cool, man. Yeah. And, you know, I still have a little bit of, uh, you know, crackle and sniffle, but I think that's uh, seasonal allergies that I have mm-hmm. anyway. Not that I'm not... Uh, a little mm-hmm. paranoid every time I clear my throat. I was going to say, but um, yeah, I don't know how you could not be. Yeah, but it's they. You know, they've uh, said that I'm probably the safest guy around because nobody is willing to say that you can't get it again, right? Or that you know it can't be passed along. Mm-hmm. What they've said is, so far we have no examples of somebody who had it, and then maybe somebody else in their family had it. We have no examples of people passing it back and forth. Yeah, the back and forth. Yeah. uh, So we can't say that it's not true, Mm -hmm. but we have no examples of it happening. Right. Interesting. Yeah, that's really remarkable, man. Yeah. Um, And so let me, so what, um, there's just a myriad of symptoms that that go with this, and they've added a few recently, the... uh, you know, the inability to taste or smell has been added to the list. My son, that's, that did was you, my did you experience any of these? What, what uh, symptoms did you have? Obviously, the, oh, well, the um, hacking up blood thing. Yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a big clue. Yeah. Um, 103.9 The fever. high fever, chills. Again. Fatigue, well, those kinds of things. Well, I had the chills associated with, with, the, with fever. the high fever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but you didn't say shortness of breath. You didn't really sense didn't, that as it much did as... Not, it did not kind of... Uh, like you weren't uh, struggling for breath no. as much as just not oxygenating. I was just... For a couple of days before, I guess that Tuesday to Thursday, you know, my uh, stepdaughter kind of said, at one point, I man, all I was doing was getting out of bed, go to the bathroom, get back to bed. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I decided to get ambitious and take a lap out to the kitchen and get <laughs> right, a glass right. of water or something like that. And she right. was sitting there and uh, she, I, you know, I, said, I said something, oh, good morning, how are you? And she looked at me and said, better than you. Uh, really? I'm like, oh, well, yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, great. exactly. Um, so, yeah, I just, zero energy right. uh, what, what was the thing. So, right. like I say, that, that it, it didn't manifest itself by, like, me feeling like I couldn't take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Maybe in red, I was coughing impressively, mm-hmm. and maybe that's more what it was. If I tried to take a deep breath, that's when right. I'd cough. Yeah. But I didn't, uh, I didn't connect the dots at that okay. point. And so. you said your son has actually experienced the, uh, or you were, I think you were saying that he yeah, had he, that taste-smell thing or something? Or? Yeah, yeah. Really? And uh, that he didn't matter, uh, you know, didn't really matter. He said for a couple of days there what he ate. It, it really it didn't have off. any. Yeah, it was just off. Really? So. Fascinating. And that was, yeah. And he was saying, for him, it was, and for my wife, it was, you know, they were kind of down for the count for mm-hmm. four or five days. Mm-hmm. And um, more like what you'd feel like if you had the flu or a nasty mm-hmm. cold. Uh, so they just didn't get it as hard as I did. Yeah. So. so I was going to ask you, have you ever had the flu? Like influenza? The Yeah, it's been a few years. and it's. Uh-huh. Do, you, do you recall... I mean, any similarities between the two or the, differences? The, the, or? the biggest difference here was I cannot remember ever being sick for more than two or three days. Right. And right. then, you know, then you start feeling better. But it seems like anything I've ever had, you know, you take a pack, you take some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Anything I've had before was something that at least after a couple of days, you feel like you turned the corner. And this, uh, I got progressively worse mm. even after I got to the ER probably and I don't remember for sure but probably sometime Saturday to Sunday mm-hmm. is when I like I said 15 liters of oxygen and you were at and the bottom that. man and that's it it was kind of funny I uh um when I was I could still get up and go to the bathroom but kind of towards mm-hmm. the end I kind of I, wa- I got up and I walked to the man I really kind of looked in the mirror and I'm like I have a beard. I'm like, what the hell? How long have I been here, man? Yeah. And it was kind of like, I'm like, where where the hell did that come from? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And uh, uh, so. I I got home last night and asked between, I have my wife is home, of course, and I have one of my boys is home. And I got home and said, one of you is going to have to cut my hair. Who's who's it going to be? Yeah. And of course, my son volunteered and I immediately said, okay, it's not you. Not you. Yeah. Because I I knew what he had in mind for me, but. Yeah. That is crazy, man. But you were, how long were you in the hospital? Nine days. So I went in, I went in on, if I get my dates right, Friday the 27th Mm -hmm. at 
um, you know, I don't know, mid-morning. And I was in there until about lunchtime a week ago or, or a week later on Saturday. Okay. So kind of eight and a half, about eight, nine, eight days, eight, eight and a half, half days. days wow. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So, um, and like I say, there are not enough good things to be said oh, that's, about yeah. the, the nurses and the, uh, and the docs and the janitors and the, the food that prepare prep. the food. Yeah. Um, it's impressive. Yeah. It, it is. It, it is, is impressive. It is truly impressive that these guys, you know, they walk into the fray. I know. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was there long enough. I got to be kind of friendly with right, someone. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they, they just, positive attitude. And oh, that's awesome. So one of the things that people asked me, uh, my wife and my mother specifically, was with my primary care physician, the guy who saw me on mm-hmm. Tuesday and didn't send me to the hospital until Friday morning, mm-hmm was, uh, you know, how did you miss that? How With all the coronavirus stuff going right. on, how did you miss that? And I've got a couple of buddies that are in the medical field and all this kind of stuff. And uh, uh, as well as a couple of the doctors uh, there. And I said, should I be questioning this? And they're like, yeah, you know, in retrospect, it's pretty easy. So when I went in for my follow-up appointment, I... Uh, I asked him flat out. So, mm-hmm. uh, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, when you didn't send right, me to the, right. when you didn't test me to the hospital, and he gave me uh, a very sincere answer, which was the protocols were changing so fast that that you know mm-hmm. in late March. Right. So that was March twenty uh, fourth or something. Like that mm-hmm. he said the protocol it was a moving target. Mm-hmm. He said, and and I had you know been taking Tylenol like they were. M&Ms. Right. And so when I went into his office, I was fairly coherent. Uh, My fever was down. I told him I had been taking Tylenol. And he basically said, yeah, you had pneumonia. Mm -hmm. But the other symptoms that were on the sheet, you know, kind of our checklist, we thought maybe just had pneumonia. He said, I actually Mm -hmm. called in a couple other docs. Mm -hmm. And they looked at it. And we put you on uh, old school heavy duty antibiotics. And... Then it was a couple of days later when that wasn't doing it when he was right. going. He said, and besides, we didn't have access to the test at our office. Right. So what we would have been doing was then sending you off to go wait in line somewhere else. Right. Um, now, I'm sure exactly. in retrospect, uh, you know, this one wouldn't get slipped by him. But at the time, he basically said, according to what we had, Absolutely. You, didn't, you didn't meet the standard for who we were supposed to be testing. Sure. Um, so that's the other thing is I wonder how many people out there, if there are 4,000 known cases in Nebraska, how many people like, uh, you know, my wife and all these other people that they say, yeah, we're pretty much assuming you have it, mm-hmm. but we're not going to, we're but not going to burn into the statistics and yeah. we're not going to burn tests. And on so them. we don't, and, and so we don't know. Um, so it'll be interesting. What, I think it will uh, too. What happens next here. I think so too. And I, and, and interestingly, I know a lot of people who believe they've had it. Yep. Right. You, you talk to someone and say, I think I've had it, you know, and yeah. I believe I have too. Yeah. Uh, the end of February of this year, man, I was like five days sick, you yeah. know, and uh, flu like, you know, kind of an upper respiratory, achy, chills yep. kind of a thing. And, uh, but I obviously at the time we didn't even know to question it. We just assumed it was a flu or something like that and treated it with the usual. And, it, right. and I didn't start coughing up blood, which I yeah. probably would have also yeah. you know, taken as kind of an odd uh, occur. You know, it's not. Yeah, that's never a good sign. Never a good sign. Now, and but, I guess the other difference is is uh, yeah, and I get my flu vaccine every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other difference is uh, you know, was everybody did everybody around you or did everybody around those people who thought that they probably have it start getting symptomatic or feeling right. sick and all that? And uh, you know, and yeah, we'll we'll never know and. To me, people say, well, you know, it's a relatively known low number. We should open up everything. It's like, okay, this thing has killed uh, in the United... I don't know what the statistics are now. Somewhere north of 60,000 yeah, people think, yeah. in mm-hmm. 60 days. Mm-hmm. 60,000 people in 60 days, even with, even with the extraordinary measures that this country and, frankly, the whole world has taken, mm-hmm. even with closing down restaurants and venues and people wearing masks and doing that, it's still taking right. out 60,000 people. Right. So to say, well, the flu tick kills 80,000 people a year, that's the thing that's frightening to me is 
if it's taken out 60,000 people in 60 days, even with everybody basically being told to stand in one place and not contact each other, if we had done nothing or if we stopped doing anything, what's the body count? Yeah. And it's an unknowable question, but, but that's the thing that I think is interesting that all the people putting statistics out about, well, it's not that bad. It's only killed 60,000. No. And everybody mm-hmm. qualifies it with ones too many and all sure, that. Of course. And all that's true. But in reality, it's 60,000 people in 60 days with extraordinary measures being taken. Mm-hmm. And really, what would it be if those weren't yeah. there? And fortunately, yeah. we're never going to know that. So right. Well, I that's just, a very interesting yeah. question. And I'm with you. I, You know, here in Nebraska, we are, I mean, when they said open up, man, it started opening up. And, yeah. I, and uh, I do worry about, you know, casualness about this. You know, people yeah. becoming much more casual and much more maybe, you know. Yeah, I, I, know. I mean, I can tell you that my wife... Um, who watches the task force briefing every day. Uh, she works from home. She's a school teacher, so right, she has been right, at home. Right. And she is very, I mean, I come home and my wife has a mask and gloves on and she hasn't left the yeah. house. She just, you know, that's just her nature. And, um, you know, I don't think we're going to be going to a restaurant anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, and I certainly want to support them. I, you know, I, yeah. I get takeout oh, yeah. uh, from a few of the restaurants local here that I want to support, but yep. I just don't see us jumping back out into society quickly. It's not, and I guess that's going to be a person by person decision. My my thing on that is the, uh, to, to be overcautious and, you know, slow the economy down for another three weeks. uh, My unsolicited opinion is we can recover from that more easily than we could recover from, not not being cautious I know. enough. I know. And, and really having another spike worse. or something. And or? I've heard people kind of talk about it in ways of like, well, you know, it's kind of culling the herd and killing the weak. It's not killing young, strong people and all that kind of stuff, which is a, uh, and I don't even have a problem with it being kind of a uh, uh, very matter of fact observation. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. It, until it, it affects just you. Be, right. Until, a, uh, until it's your family. mom or your right. kid or whoever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a, it is uh, statistically, I guess there are, you know, you can make yeah. that argument. And when you were using numbers rather than names, yeah, it's a little that, easier to about, do that. So, that so to me, that was the whole point of it. When, when that, uh, that guy, that the, the, the friend of mine who I've known since I was five years old mm-hmm. didn't get it. But then when his daughter told him that somebody he had known since he was five right. years old and just seen a few weeks earlier, found out that he had gotten it and it became very real for him. Uh, that's why I, you know, agreed to talk to you. And it was interesting. I put something on Facebook when I was getting out of the hospital, more of just like uh, a picture of me with a beard where I didn't have one before. (laughs) And the number of people that kind of said, holy crap, this is somebody I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that that seemed to make it a little more. I think it makes an impact. And I think, you know, again, if you draw parallels to what we do in the risk and safety world, you go to conferences and they all, the keynote speaker is always someone who has had a horrific workplace accident. Yeah. And they come to tell you that this could happen to you. Yeah. But, Every, all you the know, safety guys in the meatpacking plant are missing a finger. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there, you know, with this as well, there is that um, reluctance to believe if you don't have any personal experience with it. And so, man, when, when, we, when I heard the story and your willingness to come and talk about it, I thought yeah. this is important because... Well, People that's why. Need that's, to have why a connection. that's why I was wanting to talk about it because I, uh, yeah, I normally don't get into discussing my medical history. Absolutely, and, uh, and uh, we'll edit all that stuff out of here, of yeah, course. Yeah. But, but I mean, but, yeah. but if it's an anonymous disease, yeah. it, nobody worries about it. But if right. it, if you have a connection to it, or you know, it's no different when you know you, you see about a uh, you know you see a news story about a tornado or something that happens right. somewhere else, right. and you shake your head and say, "Wow, it's, that's too bad." It's, yeah, it's too bad. That what a sucks. shame. Yeah. yeah, it sucks to be you. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's like (laughs) that tornado happened in the town you grew up in. Right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Totally different. And And, and and yeah, I, I recognize that store that isn't there anymore. (laughs) That's right. That's, that's that's a little, so let me ask you, was there, um, was there any discussion of the, uh, hydroxychloroquine, no. azithromycin combo, or any cocktail like that? No, no, no. Basically, what they said is they were treating the symptoms. Okay. First it took them, and this is interesting, even in the ER, it took them three and a half days. I think it was four o'clock Monday morning or something like that mm-hmm. before they um, got my test results back. So they had me on some antibiotics, a drip, you know, an IV antibiotic. Mm-hmm. 
until they ruled out other things. Mm-hmm. But basically, they said, "Man, it's viral. We can't do anything other than right. other than treat the symptoms." Right. So I wasn't really, uh, um, uh, yeah. They, there was they, no active uh, medical uh, nope intervention in those respects. No, in those respects, it was about uh, clearing the lungs mm-hmm. and working on the pulse ox uh, readings and things like that. But it was uh, uh, that was it. Yeah, because they basically said, no, it's a virus. We got to let it run its course. Yeah, like like always. I mean, every time you call the doctor and you've got some type of virus, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. really nothing that we can do other than, as you said, treat symptoms and make make you more comfortable, perhaps, or whatever that might be. There, there's some, and I don't know that it's true, but my, my wife, and I have to say, uh, I think this was harder on her than it was on me. Yeah. Because, like I said, we just got married 90 days ago. And yeah. as she said, when she pulled up, you know, they, they would not let her get out of the car. She pulled up. Uh-huh. I opened up the door at the hospital, and she watched me walk away. And, and that was she, it. And that was it. And, uh, um, you know, at that point, they offered me a wheelchair, but I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, you know, watched me walk away. Um and but they knew you were coming, or they knew that you yeah, were. Yeah, they said they called symptomatic or yeah, something. Yeah, like Okay. So there, there were, uh, um, there were a couple of things. She said, "Yeah, I didn't think I was ever going to see you again." That is horrible, okay. man. That is absolutely horrible. Yeah. So I think this. Yeah, and then she was home being sick too. Uh, so with four they, kids. With, yeah. With yeah, there four. were three, three of them, three college kids there. Yeah. yeah. One, one of them happened to be over at his mom's house when all this uh, oh, was going on, so he stayed over there. Oh, did he? And okay. he, he quarantined over there. Um, but yeah, so so that was hard on her. The thing that was interesting was the same, uh, the nurse whose dad, mom and dad that I know, uh, and like I say, I was on the mend at that point, and she said uh, that when she kind of got briefed, that she said the charge nurse said to her, I was the sickest guy in the place. Really? And her words was, she said, you scared the hell out of us. We didn't know if you were yeah. going to make it or not. Uh, That's but, terrible, man. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was very real. and yeah. uh, I really and feel bad for your wife. That's a horrible yeah. story, man. Yeah. As you're walking into the, the yeah. facility and she doesn't. Yeah. She says, I didn't think I was She has no idea it. what's going on. Yeah. And so she was not permitted to nope. visit. Could she come and peer through the window? Or well, was I was it? on the sixth floor. Nobody on the floor? Yeah. Or what was the deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, were, they were not letting anybody in in the building I by, gotcha. that, by that point. Okay. Um, at, there were a couple points when she, when they realized I was going to be there for more than a day where she would drop off a bag with, you know, at first I went just in the clothes I pulled sure. on, mm-hmm. but she eventually brought, you know, a phone charger and a toothbrush and some clean socks and underwear sure. and this kind of stuff. And she basically wrote my name and room number on a paper bag and pulled up and <laughs> set it on the curb. Up. And even the guy, even the security guy, you know, they were afraid to touch anything. Sure. Uh, so it's like the nurse would go down and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were not letting anybody wow. anybody in there. And were there other folks on the floor being treated for COVID at the time? I mean, far as I, yeah, like I say, there were several. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, never left through. I think they they moved me during the first day. They put me in one room, and then it might have been later that day or the next day. I think they moved me down the hall to another room. And these were all uh, I think called negative airflow downdraft mm-hmm. rooms mm-hmm. Yeah. with an ante room like a vestibule where they'd go into one and kind of lock the door and then come into the other one. Wow. And my understanding is that the entire sixth floor of the hospital uh, has been made into that. Set up like that. Has been set up like that now. Interesting. So, but the other observation my wife and I had too is, had this been in New York City rather than here, she's pretty sure I'd be a statistic. Because if I had needed that much oxygen and I was that sick and I was one of a thousand patients in a hospital, mm-hmm. it would have been more of a triage situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. they either, you know, they would not have had a group of a few pulmonologists conferring in the hallway while one of them was in, in my private room talking to me right. and coming up with a strategy. They would have looked at a chart. And, and I don't know. This is speculation. Yeah. They would have looked at a chart and said, Dude's still on 15 liters. Let's intubate him and check on him next week. Mm-hmm. Um, while, so, you're, while you're in the hallway. Probably. Yeah, while, while I'm in the, hallway, the gurney in the hallway. Yeah, with uh, 800 of my closest friends. Right. Um, so, like I say, the, you can't downplay how fortunate we are for lots of reasons mm-hmm. to, uh, to, you know. I agree. Uh, to live where we live and to have mm-hmm. uh, have that exposure where we are. So. Well, let me ask you this. So, um 
Will you fly anytime soon? I mean, you know, I'm invincible. I'm, I'm like a black. I'm, I'm like a black knight in quest for the Holy Grail. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, um, because I um, again, I one thing I forgot to ask, and I want to ask before I lose the train of thought was the test itself, the COVID test. Did you get the swab jammed up your? Yes, nose? and it was funny because they even qualified it, and you know, basically, this is going to hurt you more than it hurt me. Uh-huh. It's always going to hurt me, and. I was ready for it. It was not as bad as they said it okay. was. Other people have said it's horrible. I've heard, yeah, but I'm um, uh, yeah, it was not as bad as I feared it. Uh, okay, not as bad as I feared it might be. But but you've had to she, have it a few times. No, I've only had it once. They Just did, one time. Okay, they did not test me going out again. All right. They basically said, you know what, you're symptom free for X amount of days. Gotcha. You know, we know it's for you know. So basically, I met the CDC protocol okay. for assuming that I'm uh, that I'm symptom free. Uh, they never tested me uh, a second, third time. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I surprised me. Yeah, but, I would have thought uh, they would, but I, I that does make sense. But uh, they didn't. But um, yeah, so I'm. So not, the plane thing: Are do you feel invincible, or are you yeah. still are you still cautious? I noticed you carry a mask. Yeah, and we distance. We're doing those things as yep. we should. And, you know, and 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 at this point, that is frankly as much for everybody else as it is for me. Mm-hmm. I, like I say. Theoretically, I can't give it or get it anymore. But uh, anytime I go out in public, you know, if I get out of my car, I put the mask on. Yeah, good for you. And it's man. been it's been it's been really interesting because you go into a grocery store, and I've been in one grocery store to pick up one item that somebody forgot, mm-hmm. you know, since we went out. But um, you go in the grocery store, and it's interesting because a lot of it is what I've uh, taken to calling um, uh, hygiene theater. Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> oh there. <my> God, <laughs> They're in the grocery store and they're bagging up the to-go groceries All right. to either give to people at the curb or to go drop off at their houses. Mm-hmm. And they're not wearing masks and gloves. Mm-hmm. They're bagging them up. And then when they go give them to the person, they put on their gloves and their mask. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, that, and I thought, all right, I, you know, I, yeah. okay. Um, Hygiene or, theater, I love or, that. Or, or how many people in any place that you go in public aren't wearing masks or aren't, aren't doing stuff. And I guess my whole thing is, you know, I don't know, it's a, you know, it's a macho or a, maybe mm-hmm. they don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that is. But my thing is, what's the downside? What is the downside of wearing a mask to wearing a mask in public? Absolutely. You don't, you only get to be wrong once. Right. That's my whole thing. Yeah. May, you know, I, I probably, you know, I might've touched the gas pump somewhere in, in mm-hmm. uh, mid-March. Mm-hmm. Who knows where I, I mean? They do not know where I got it. Right. They'll never know where I got it. But you know, maybe it was the one time that because I, I had had some gloves in the car, and my sons and I had talked about, yeah, you might as well put on a pair of rubber gloves, uh, surgical gloves, uh, before you pump gas or do whatever. And mm-hmm. one time I apparently didn't, or I grabbed a shopping cart. Yeah, whatever, whatever that was. But as you said, there's just no what's way the to... downside. Right. What is the downside? How bad would you feel? If you later found out that you had it, even if you didn't get symptomatic or have any complications from it, <clears throat> but knowing that you'd been out and about in the world, breathing and touching mm-hmm. and all that, and not knowing who else you gave it mm-hmm. to, what is the downside? And that's a great wear, point, man. To wearing a mask, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, other than the, uh, you know, the 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 obvious sex appeal of it, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. well, there, yeah, people there, couldn't tell how hot, how hot we were. Yeah, I know. That's uh, so. I'm thinking about. Uh, I'm thinking about going. I, I want a mask big enough to. <laughs> Like from the waist up, kind of thing. Like right. that. I'm just, uh, no, that's interesting. But that, that is a yeah. great, and that is a great message, man. Because what's the downside? What, what is the downside? That is a perfect message yeah. for that. Because I go to the high V. Mm-hmm. You know, we have designated certain people in my family to do certain things. We're trying to limit our right. exposure, and we're we're doing a reasonably good job, I think. But yeah. maybe once every two weeks, I'll go to the high V, and uh, I have a mask that was made for me by a, a friend of mine who has kind yeah. of a. Uh, a company that sews and things like yeah. that. So he made masks for everyone, and it's about 50-50. Yep. About half the people in there are wearing masks and wearing perhaps gloves even, and and the other half are just, just incredibly nonchalant about it. And yeah. And that's just totally unaffected, and I don't. Yeah, and I, it's, I get, that's my whole thing is what would be the. I think you're right. Would, would you look right. less cool if you're yeah. doing that? Or I, I don't see. Who, who is it you're worried about looking less cool in front of at the grocery yeah, store? Yeah, and. It, they're not 
it is more comfortable to not wear one. Yeah, sure. I don't wear it in the car. I don't wear it when I'm walking up to the grocery store. Typically, I right. have it around my neck, right? And I'll put it on. But like to me, the idea that I would never mind making somebody uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I that I would walk by somebody and and make them nervous uh, if they're going to get it. But if I found out, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time thinking, "Gosh, where have I been in the last mm-hmm. week?" Sure, and I, I you know before before I went into the hospital. Um, but if I found out that I gave it to somebody else because, uh, you know, uh, because of that casual attitude, that that, that would be, uh, that would be tough to live with. I mean, I, you know, I'm a reasonably strong, healthy guy. So I think, you know, and I, and I guess the other thing too, is when people talk about how tough it is and how bad it is, I've got one of my lifelong buddies as, and you and I talked about Mm -hmm. this the other day. I got one of my lifelong buddies that has ALS, okay? Mm-hmm. He's not getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got another friend from college, and she is this week in her fourth round of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. And I've got another friend yeah. whose daughter is about 24 years old. She had a heart transplant at one year old. And he had, you know, she's had medical struggles her whole life. And my friend has said to me, I can't tell you how many times over the last 20 plus years, a doctor has said to my wife and me, we don't know if she's going to make it through the night. Okay. Mm-hmm. She hasn't left her house in a couple of months now. Oh, and brutal. they are always, always looking over their shoulder for the boogeyman. Yeah. And so I said to go, yeah, I was sick for two weeks. In the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. That is a walk in the park compared to uh, a lot of the other medical and, and challenges in life that people have. You know, any problem I have is really kind of a first world problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you that, know, is, that is a great a, point. A, a, as sick as I was for two weeks, um, I, there are people out there who are that sick all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will never be that tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's, uh, so yeah, if I need to wear a mask for a couple of weeks, uh, one of my favorite things was when they said something like, you know, uh, our grandparents' generation. You know, had to go fight wars on two fronts. Uh, we're being asked to sit on the couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, suck it right. up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Quit your complaining. Yeah, suck it up. I totally so. agree. I totally agree. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, so wh- what are you and the family doing? Are you you're staying uh, home? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. For the most part? And, yeah, uh, we're staying home for the most part. Uh, have you reconnected with any board games or anything? Or I mean, what do you guys yeah. do? You, do you even do you, <laughs> you sit know, in the same room? I've been doing the record challenge on Facebook. <laughs> right. So I had it's kind of funny. My wife observed that one of my friends challenged me to put like my favorite albums up mm-hmm. on Facebook. And uh, yeah, I, back in the eighties and college, stuff, I worked at record stores and all this, and I have quite a collection. And so I've been kind of going through that and nice. finding stuff. And uh, you know. Lots of really cool stuff. Lots of things I probably don't want to let anybody know that oh, I still yeah, have. Yeah. You know, I, oh, I, I, I can be okay with the fact that I liked the Osmonds in, <laughs> in, in the 70s. Absolutely. You know, you know, I'm okay with yeah. that. Um, so we've been doing that. And one of the things like, uh, you know, cooking a lot, trying to support uh, restaurants that are clients right. and things like that. Right, yeah. And uh, interestingly, my 21-year-old son and some of his friends have been trying their hand at like baking and cooking different things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because they go around leaving uh, bags of peanut butter cookies and different kind of bars. So they'll, they'll bake up a batch of stuff, divide it into bags and dry it. And it's like, Good all right. Them. And so they're That's all going to, cool. eventually they're all going to have to leave the house <laughs> right, right. and they'll know how to cook for themselves. Oh, you know? it can't be soon enough, man. And yeah. I love my, I have one of my two boys is home. Yeah. The other stayed out in Denver. He stays in his apartment. You yeah. Know? But one's home, and uh, we commented before, my, my grocery bill is just ridiculous again. Wait a second, we had just become empty. Oh. We, got, uh, uh, we became empty nesters last fall and then got married, like awesome. I say, New Year's Eve. And then uh, they all came back. Mm-hmm. So that was fun while it lasted. Right. So. Yeah, I loved the empty nest thing. And uh, I am looking forward yeah. To and I love Nick. I'm looking forward to him. And I, I think he wants to go back. I mean, oh, yeah. how much of your parents can you take? I remember yeah. what it was like. Although, you know, like I say, they seem to be eating pretty well. They are eating well. Yeah. Eating why well. would you? Why would you turn that down? Yeah, I mean, my, that's kind you know, of not a bad. Uh, we, we cook every night, you know. So yeah. he's uh, enjoying that. Yeah. So it's all. It's all. Yeah, you know, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all. It's all good. But we're uh, um, catching up on. Uh, uh, you know, 
the last couple seasons of Breaking Bad that I never got Ooh, to. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. There's some of that, and still trying to work from home. What's funny is I'm working from home, and my office is uh, kind of an open area between the kitchen and the living room, dining room area. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> my wife is working from home, too, and her desk is next to mine. And I'm out there working, and like all of a sudden, people are coming out. Well, other people are on the phone, and they're making grilled cheese sandwiches. I'm like, well, I want a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> right, and right. I have the attention span of a squirrel. So, you know, I yeah. uh, uh, so finally, I took a four foot folding table and put it in the went back in the bedroom, and it's in there. And only once in a while now do I find that everybody just like now they all just come in there and talk to me, right? Uh, you know, so right. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. We're, man. we're ready to get back into the world when, yeah. the, when the time's right to do it. Yep. Yep, I completely agree. Cool. Oh, man. So tell me one more time what that message was, the uh, why not message that you just gave. Well, I'd say the, the couple takeaways that, that I had from this is what's the downside of wearing your mask in public? Yeah. There's no downside to right. it. Um, there's not. That is you, an important You only message. get to be wrong once. And I guess, like I say, the other thing is people need to understand this is not a news story about something happening somewhere else to somebody mm-hmm. else. It's here. Yeah, as I, mm-hmm. I think I said, you know, uh, one of the news stations wanted to talk to me the day, and as I said, it's, you know, it's not something somewhere else happening to somebody else. It's here. It's happening to us. It's very real, uh, and it'll kill you, and you'll remain dead. Right. Uh, you know, right. so. Fantastic, man. Dan, thank you very much. That was my pleasure. I, I, I Hopefully we do some good. It. I hope so too, but I love the message. I'm going to go back to my office this afternoon and send that exact message out to my clients, everybody in my in my pool of communication. Yep. I think that is the message. That That is brilliant message. And uh, I appreciate your coming in and sharing that, man. It's good to see you. Well, I'm glad you're feeling good. good. And uh, uh, I want to thank... I'm, I'm happy to be anywhere. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> are, man. Isn't that the beauty of it, yeah, though, truthfully, yeah, man? Yeah. I mean... Uh, has it changed your perspective on life to some degree, or is you know, that I, is that I, kind I, of a an overblown cliche? No, I mean it, it's a, I'm a pretty naively optimistic guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I say, uh, I look around the world and realize that I was dealt a pretty good hand, uh-huh. and uh, you know uh, there are no problems I have that aren't kind of first world problems, right? And most of the problems I have, I've created myself. Absolutely. Uh, so, like I say, I'm I'm a pretty optimistic guy anyway. Uh, so. Uh, it hasn't really changed my perspective on life, uh, which is good because if it had changed my perspective on life, it would have made me more cynical. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, good for you, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. My good pleasure. to see you. Hopefully, we do hopefully, some good. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime. Uh, I'd like to thank Safety Reports, Steve. Thanks again, man, for your support. We appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to be starting uh, a section coming up in the in the in our next episode. Uh, this is about mentorship, and we're going to be talking about mentors, and so. Um, I'm going to be talking about some of my mentors in the future. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Everybody, you know, we can talk about your mentors as well. But um, that's it. Just remember what we're doing this for. Everybody keep up the good work. Um, Safety is about one thing. It's about people. So uh, just keep keep the focus on your people. Uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. A Parkville Media Production.